Hey, thanks, guys. Um, yeah, like Evan said, um, it's a little bit different, actually. I'm the student ministries worship director, um, and so that means I just get to hang out with high schoolers and junior hires a lot and lead worship for them, and um, any other sort of worship element around the church I get to be a part of, and I love it. It's great, but like Evan said, my name is Nate. If I haven't had the chance to meet you, I'd love to do so. Um, I'm really excited to be here. One thing I love um, about my job is these kind of opportunities um, to be able to speak and kind of step out of my comfort zone a little bit and just kind of share what God has been putting on my heart. And it's a little bit scarier when you're in front of your peers instead of like little kids. And so have some grace with me if I mess up and stumble a little bit. But um, let's just open this up in prayer and we'll just get right into it. Jesus, we love you so much. God, thank you for this ministry, Lord, everything that you do in and through it and with it. And um, God, thank you for the opportunities that we get to go around town to just be your light. And so, Lord, we ask that you would just continue um, to give us those opportunities. Lord, speak to us tonight. Open our ears, open our hearts, and help us to receive something that we can take home. We love you so much. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, uh, we've been in this short series called Walk. And so, last week, Evan was in the book of Second John, and he talked about what it looks like to be obedient and to walk in obedience. And so, this week, I'm, I'm going to be speaking out of Third John, and I'm going to be talking about what it looks like to walk in faith. And um, these books are super short. Evan said it last week too, but these books are one chapter each. And so like, if you're like me and you hate reading, it's perfect for you in the Bible, so read it. But we're going to go through it together. And um, the third, so third John was a letter written by John to a guy named Gaius. He was a leader or a pastor figure in the church. Um, his responsibility was to support and entertain um, those who came as God's messengers through his church. Um, and then if you keep reading on, there's like a warning to a guy named Diotrephes about his lack of cooperation. So if you want to like get into some church drama, you can keep reading there. But let's just start in the first verse. It says, the, the pastor to my good friend Gaius. Actually, sorry, I'm in the message version if you want to follow along in the message version or you can follow along in your version. Um, but because it was so short, I love to dive into the message version instead. I feel like it gives some more context. But it says, the pastor to my good friend Gaius, how truly I love you. We're the best of friends and I pray for good fortune in everything that you do and for your good health, that your everyday affairs prosper as well as your soul. I was most happy when some friends arrived and brought the news that you persist in following in the way of truth. Nothing could make me happier than getting reports that my children continue diligently in the way of truth. I'm going to stop right there just for a quick sec. Last week, again, I'm going to point Evan's sermon out a lot last week because it was really good. But he talked about how important it is and how cool it is that John is encouraging success in, um, in, in these letters to these people that he's supporting. And so, again, I want to emphasize how important it is and how cool it is to encourage success in others. So I'm going to keep going here. It says, Dear friend, when you extend hospitality to Christian brothers and sisters, even when they are strangers, you make the faith visible. They've made a full report back to the church here, a message about your love. It's good work you're doing, helping these travelers on their way. Hospitality worthy of God himself. They set out under a banner of the name and get no help from unbelievers. So they deserve any support that we can give them. In providing meals in a bed, we become their companion in spreading the truth. And that's going to just lead me right into my first point. Um, John is praising Gaius here for modeling the good. And so the first point here is model the good. Again, John praised Gaius for modeling what it looks like to walk in faith. And there's a difference here between walking in faith and just having faith. Um, Gaius really modeled what it looks like to walk in faith 
because if you just have faith, let me just take a step back for a sec. If you just have faith, you're kind of just saying like, I believe in this, but I'm going to watch somebody else do it. And Gaius is saying, I believe in this and I believe that God's going to use me to do something about it. And so he's, he's doing what God is calling him to do by walking in faith. And he's saying, I'm going to love every single person that comes into my sight. I'm going to love every person that comes through here, whether it's somebody I know, I don't know, somebody is going to be loved today. And I think that's amazing. He's walking by faith, by loving everyone around him. He's doing what God's calling him to do. And we're called to do the same. If you've been involved in church at all, you might've heard the term EGR. It's extra grace required. That's the kind of person that's really, really hard to love. And working in student ministries, we come across a lot of those students. Uh, I haven't talked again last week about these junior hires that are really, really tough to love. And um, when you're presented with someone coming to talk to you, especially if you're introverted like me, it's really hard. You kind of have two decisions here. You're going to be visible, like you're going to make faith visible, which is the second point if you didn't see it. Make faith visible. You can either make faith visible or you're just going to kind of run and hide. When students come up to me, I like to run and hide because there's three students in particular that if they see me, if they see Shane, they see Evan, they will stick to them like glue and it's the most precious thing in the world. Uh, it's super, they're just, they're those EGRs, they're super hard to love. And um, so something I've been working on personally and something that Evan does really well is being present because when you're present and when you say, okay, in your head, I really don't want to talk to this person at all. I don't want to talk to this student. I don't want to talk to whoever these people might be, but I'm going to choose to love them because that makes faith visible. And when you do that, you're just showing the love of Jesus. And like Evan said, that's so, so important. But Evan is so good when these students come up to him and he somehow does it in a timely manner, but they'll come up to him and they'll tell him all about his day. Like, wow, I really love you. See you later. And I get stuck talking to him for like 30 or 40 minutes. And it's just the scariest thing because I'm so introverted and I don't love talking to people. I have a specific story about an EGR person that I grew up with. I knew him from birth. He's someone that was, he was one of my best friends, little brothers, and he had a really hard home life. Um, really difficult situation with his parents, with drugs and alcohol. And so he was someone that I kind of tried to take under my wing um, from a really young age. And by the time I was through with high school, I was somebody that he looked up to as an, another older brother, somebody that could love on him, somebody that could listen to him. And it actually became super annoying at one point because he was one of those people that he'd like ask for all your advice and then he'd just go do his own thing. It's like you'd spend hours and hours like praying, like, God, what do you want me to tell him? How can I do this? And you'd be like, hey, man, just give this to the Lord and then see where it goes. And he would just go and do his own thing. And then he'd come back and be like, you're the worst because your advice didn't work. And it's like, well, you didn't even take it. Um, in, in this story, when, man, when it says that Gaius loved everybody that came into his, into his life, that came into um into his church that came through his church. It just, it really challenged me to love better. Going back to this story, <laughs> going back to this story, um, my friend, I was, um, I was telling my other buddy, because I'm someone that'll like hold it all in and then I just have to like explode a little bit. And so I was venting to another buddy of mine and I was like, dude, he just doesn't listen. Like he won't, he's so frustrating. He just sits here 
and he complains to me and I listen and then I try to tell him how to fix it. And then I try to tell him how God can fix it, but he won't listen. And it's just this endless cycle. And he interrupted me and he said, this is the, the, he told me the best piece of advice I've ever received. And he said, sometimes the best way of showing someone the love of Jesus is by buying them coffee and not talking about Jesus at all. And I was like, what do you, don't we want to like tell people about Jesus? He was like, yes, but you want to show them the love of Jesus. And he actually said, you want to make faith visible to them by how well you love them. And that was something that really challenged me because for a while, I went through a, a period of my life where I just really had to let go and trust the Lord. Um, my family was kind of falling apart. Things were going nuts, and I didn't know what to do. And as an anxious person, I didn't have anything to hold on to. And finally, I was just like, all right, Jesus, I have, no, I have nowhere else to turn. I have nothing else to do. I have no one else to hold on to but you. And there was one person in my life that just came and listened. And that was the greatest thing I could have ever experienced because they just showed me the love of Jesus by being present, by sitting there with me, and by listening, being an ear, being whatever I needed at the time, not telling me how wrong I was, not telling me how I was doing life wrong, how things looked this way or that way. But he sat there with me while I bawled my eyes out and just spilled my guts. And he didn't say a word. He didn't mention Jesus once. He didn't say a thing. And when, I, when he told me um, that piece of advice, I looked back, and it was actually him that had, had done that for me. And it just was kind of one of those things where you're like, that's so annoying that that's how it works, right? Because you kind of, especially if, if you've grown up in the church, maybe you haven't been to church at all, cool. But I grew up in the church my entire life, and I was taught from a very, very young age, like, we want to show people Jesus. We want to tell people about Jesus. We want to make Jesus known. And so I was like, how are you supposed to make Jesus known if you don't even talk about him, if you don't even mention his name? And in this story, in this letter, John is saying, Gaius, you're doing exactly what you need to do. You're modeling what it looks like to walk in faith because you're saying, okay, I'm just going to love people. Maybe we talk about Jesus, maybe we don't but I'm going to step out there. I'm going to make you feel welcome. I'm going to make you feel loved. And I'm going to make you feel like you belong. And then later on in the story, it says, in providing meals in a bed, we become companions in spreading the truth. And that's my second point, is that we are companions in spreading the truth. We're in this walk together. We each play a different role in everybody's lives. In, my, in the story about my friend and I, I didn't play the role in his life that I wanted to play. I was in his life as an ear. I was in his life as a shoulder. I was in his life as whatever he needed as a hand to hold. There's a funny story. Um, it actually happened today. So my fiance is a nanny right now, and I was helping her nanny. And there was this baby that was crying. She's nannying twins. They're the cutest things in the world. And so she was... She was finally getting tired. You can kind of see it in their eyes. And so I decided to put her down in her bouncer. And I, like, put her down because that's where she loves to sleep. I put her blanket over her, and I just kind of let her be. And she was getting really, really upset. And I was like, I have no idea what's going on. And Olivia was like, she'll be fine. And after, like, five minutes of her, like, kind of trying to fall asleep, kind of not, she said, just put your hand there so she can hold it. And she would grab my finger, and she started to fall asleep. And she'd, like, wake up and check and see if I was still holding her holding her hand with my finger 
and then she'd fall back asleep, and then I'd try to pull it away, and she'd wake up and rustle. And it just struck me so hard because Olivia said, sometimes people just need a hand to hold. And it goes exactly with the best advice I've ever received is that sometimes the best way to love people is just to be there, to walk them through their situation. It doesn't have to be talking about Jesus. It doesn't have to be like the verse says, by providing a meal and a bed. It can just be, it has to be by loving them well. And when I was going over these notes with Evan today, just to get some final thoughts, um, and after listening back to his message, I was like, it's so funny that these two letters talk about walking in faith and walking in obedience, walking in trust. But really all that means is love. Like love is the answer. Evan talked about last week that the most important commandment is to love the Lord your God and love others. And then referring back to verses uh, five through eight says, um, uh, they've made a full report back to the church here, a message about your love. It's not saying a message about your faith, not a message about Jesus, not a message about how well the food was that you gave them, not how comfy the beds were. It was about the, the message of love that they received. They went through and they felt loved. And John says, it makes faith visible. I'm the kind of person that really, really struggles in believing in something that I can't see. Like that's super hard for me to grasp. I blame it on Santa Claus because my parents wrecked my world when they told me Santa wasn't real. But it's so hard for me to believe in something and trust in something when I can't see it and I can't physically be there. I can't physically grasp it. And so working at a church sometimes is difficult because I'm like, I question every day. Is like, how am I supposed to trust that this God is gonna guide me through my life? And then I look back and see all the things that he's already done for me and it makes it that much easier. It's just a reminder of like, all right, like God is good. He's going to continue to be good. And I, I want you to know if you have questions about God, don't feel bad. Like they're welcome. I feel like Jesus wants to answer these questions for us. I can't wait to sit with Jesus one day and ask him all the, the questions that I never got an answer to because he's going to sit there with a smile on his face and say, cool, yeah, like let's, let's walk through it. This is how this happened. This is why this happened. This is why I allowed you to go through this thing because it taught you this. And so with walking in faith, it's not only walking in faith and obedience, it's walking in love. And we get to do that by walking through life together as a church body. Like I said earlier, we all play different roles in different people's lives. My role for my friend was just to be a hand when another one of our buddies was the one who really pushed him back to church. And then life happened again. And again, I had to be the ear, I had to be the shoulder, I had to be the hand. And then another one of our friends was the one that pushed him back to church. And again, it's a, and it's, sometimes it can be a cycle. But you are specifically in your friend's lives for a reason. You're playing a role that nobody else can play. God has placed you there for a reason, and that is to love. It's to be obedient to the Lord and to make faith visible by walking in love. We all play certain roles in spreading the truth. And I love at the end of that verse when he says, we become their companions in spreading the truth. And I think sometimes it's so easy as followers of Jesus to just kind of like let other people do it, let other people step out, let other people make the hard decisions. 
But I promise you the moment that you do, the, the moment that you go up to the annoying student and say, how was your day? Tell me all about it. Tell me how I can love you well. You'll see yourself how faith becomes visible through that. You'll see and you'll feel a change inside. When you say the hard, yes. It's our job as the body of Christ to walk in that together, to model the good, to be companions in spreading the truth, and to walk in love. Will you guys pray with me? Jesus, we love you so much. God, thank you for everything that you do in this ministry. Um, God, I just want to pray over every single person in this room. Lord, that if there's any questions, if there's any fears, any feelings of not being enough or whatever it might be, God, that you would just take that away. Lord, that the weight that they're not meant to carry would be dropped at the foot of the cross. They could open their hands and they'd give it to you. God, that faith would become easy, that obedience would become easy. God, and trust would become easy, even though we can't see you. I thank you that you continue to do work in each and every one of our lives. Thank you that you continue to mold and shape each and every one of us. We love you, Jesus, in your name. Amen.